This is the Star Coach Show with Meg Rentschler, episode 330. Coaching and consulting are not the same kind of helping conversation, but they're both very important kinds of conversations. How can learning the skill of coaching help enhance and grow your consulting business? That's what I'm talking about today with Dr. Stephen Goodwin on the Star Coach Show. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello and welcome to the show. It's fantastic to have you here and I hope that you have had a wonderful week. We have a great show for you today regarding how coaching and consulting can actually work together to maximize your business impact and results. We'll get to that in just a minute. I do want to welcome you to the show if it's the first time you've ever been here. The Star Coach Show explores strategies, tools, and resources to enhance your coaching as a business owner, as a leader. We are all about how can you create the kind of business of your dreams so that you can have the impact you want bringing coaching into the world. I'm a huge believer that coaching is what the world needs for us to be able to connect with one another, listen more deeply, care about one another. I'm Meg Rentschler. I'm an executive and mentor coach and have been working with coaches for 15 years now to up their game. And one of the things that I'm able to do is mentor coaching, which I absolutely love because when we focus in in mentoring, We're A, meeting uh, criteria for the ICF, if you happen to be an International Coaching Federation coach. We're also stepping into the skill set of building great skills, tapping into the core competencies, and feeling more confident as coaches when we build our skills. And One of the great benefits that I get in being a mentor coach is that I get to meet fabulous coaches like my guest today. Dr. Stephen Goodwin is the president and CEO of Turning West, a national consulting firm that specializes in organization development and leadership. Stephen is a perpetual cheerleader for personal and organizational transformation. He is a giver. He was a a pastor uh, for many years before he became a consultant and then decided to add coaching to his toolbox to be that much stronger in what he was able to offer through his consulting business. One of the other things that we really lean into today is how he built a team and what he does to support and grow his team so that his business can have that much greater impact through the group coaching they do, through the 
uh, consultive businesses that they bring in through the individual coaching that they offer. Stephen is the author of Catching the Next Wave, Leadership Strategies for Turnaround Congregations, several workbooks and other articles. He is currently working hard on a new book, so go Stephen, that is awesome, with the working title, Realigning Culture, Creating Organizational Transformation That Lasts. Great working title. And I just want to say, as we get ready to go to the interview, that if in fact upping your game through mentor coaching is something that interests you, I have just set my last two mentor programs for the year. So the dates of those and the information, if you want to explore what that would look like to work with me to get your skills enhanced and get core competency credits for doing that, you want to go to starcoachshow.com slash mentor, starcoachshow.com slash mentor. So now let's go to my interview with Dr. Stephen Goodwin, and we can really look at how do you grow your consulting business by adding the skill of coaching. Here we go. Dr. Stephen Goodwin, welcome to the Star Coach Show. Well, thank you for having me. It's a delight to be here. Well, I have had the honor of helping you walk into your coaching journey. When you first got coach certification, I was the mentor for your program and subsequently have worked with your organization and your coaches, as well as having the honor of working with you again to get those all important mentor hours for recertification. So with that, we started talking about your extensive experience the different things that you've done first as a pastor, then as a consultant, and then when you decided to add coaching to your toolbox, and then what you've done with your organization since then. So let's start with that question of moving from consultant into consultant and coach. What has coaching added to your, to the service, not just to the services that you provide, because obviously it adds coaching to the services that you provide, but you having the skill set of coaching, what has that done to shift the way that you're able to engage with clients? Oh, that's an excellent question. So, so Turning West, our company is an organization development and leadership consulting firm, and we really specialize in organizational culture change, right? So what motivates me and has been my whole life is seeing organizations that should be doing much more to change the world that are just underperforming. And my query has been all these years is, why is that? What's the barrier holding people back? And I think this, the answer to that is culture. So we began to realize that if we wanted to change a culture, we've got to change both the individual and the group at the same time. We've got to get to the point where people come to a position where oh, I have this epiphany, I have this aha moment, I have this awareness, awakening of my awareness to realize I have some personal agency here. I have some personal responsibility. And what I found is that coaching is the great tool for that piece that really helps us unlock that individual leader who says, oh, I own part of this. It's not just so-and-so over there. If they just got their act together, we'd be all fine. Right, because it's so easy to point fingers at others. 
And research shows that if you were to, as a consultant, just go in and say, look, Joe, you got to do this differently. It's not going to land the same way as you walking through that exploration with him and him coming to that awareness himself. Yes, absolutely. You know, John Dunn said, no man is an island complete unto himself. We are social beings and we're unaware of how much our social environment impacts my personal behavior and emotions. And coaching really helps us unlock that and help people become, oh, I didn't realize that this was going on, this developmental layer below the tactical layer was happening. And so we pivoted to, I personally began pivoting to my ICF training, which is where we met some years Mm -hmm. back. And then elected to a a major change in our company was we decided all of our consultants were going to get trained. I just sent everyone through ICF training, and we all have done that because we incorporate coaching in every consultation that we do. It's become a powerful change for us. It's huge, right? What we know about leadership development in particular is that if I take you out of your culture and I give you all this wonderful training, this Harvard-level MBA training and all this great group psychology, and I stick you back in the culture, the culture is going to snap you right back into place. Right. But if I combine coaching and training and some other elements, now we can really move the needle and do it much quicker. Well, one of the things I love about what Turning West does, and I didn't mean to step on you there, was that you, you go into an organization often, you work with the entire culture. You're going to work with the organization, which is why you've got this cadre of coaches, which we'll talk about in a moment. Mm -hmm. But What are some of the things that you have learned through your years that, like, give an example of what the services might be that you're going in and you're offering this and this and this. I want coaches to kind of get a holistic view of if you're creating culture change, what might that look like in the way of services? Yeah. So what we tumbled into, and we just simply, that was actually how we did it. We tumbled into it. We coached. And working with a team, we have coaching sessions, team development sessions, coaching sessions, team development sessions, the back and forth. And how we set this up was we'd say to people, of course, we're going to respect confidentiality. I'm a ordained Lutheran minister in my first career, and that's obviously very important to me. We respect confidentiality in what you say, but we'll hear themes out of that coaching that we can take back to the team and work on. The team then comes together and works on those issues like psychological safety or delegation or uh, team processing or team team building and teamwork. And then we go back to the next coaching round and the individual works with their coach on how can I take that personally and own this myself and take my part of this. And then the next team development session is so much more powerful. It's become right. an absolute revelation for us. That is so... Do you tend to begin with the team and then move into the individual sessions or vice versa? We start with the individual uh-huh. because the individuals will hear a lot of themes that will come out of that. Okay. And then the t- our team gathers together and, and we all talk about the themes. It's going to be psychological safety or it's they need some co-created mutual norms for the team behavior or what the whatever is accountability, you know, all kinds of these issues come up routinely. And then we go back in the team development session and we work on those things and together without naming anyone said this or right. you know, none of that naming or blaming or shaming that's counterproductive and the team finds just amazing synergy in working this and then the next round each person knows that with their coach they're going to own their personal agency right. in that 
So knowing coaching sessions are not to gripe about the other people, not right. to, to be victimized or, you know, let go of our power. It's each of those individual sessions is saying, okay, step into your power, step into your ownership. And then you're getting the whole team to do the lifting together. Absolutely. Oh, Absolutely. so beautiful. Yeah. So beautiful. It really, it really creates the dual awareness that we need to create culture change in that it's that both halves of the emotional intelligence, right? What's happening inside of me, what's happening in the room with the rest of us. How do I understand that? The coaching really helps us unpack that with each coachee to kind of go, well, how are you reading the room? What is happening when Sally said that comment? What happened inside of you? You know, those kinds of things. And they learn how the dynamics of the team start to interact, their own dynamics, and it really moves the needle quickly for the culture. So good. So when you think about wanting to impact an organization this way, obviously you couldn't do it individually. You can't go in and coach all the leaders and coach all the... So you brought in consultants who then became trained coaches. First of all, let's just talk about the fact that you brought in people and then you said, I want you to get trained. I want you to Mm -hmm. invest your time and your energy into training. What kind of response did you get from that? Oh, they were so ecstatic about this. They they were a little daunted. It was a little overwhelming in one sense, but they were just so excited. I brought in people who really love to learn and wanted to develop their skills. And one of the things that we subscribe to at Turning West is the principle called employability. You know, my grandfathers, both my grandfathers worked for the railroad. And at the end of 50 years, they got the gold watch and they basically had a job for life. Mm-hmm. I can't offer anyone a job for life. But I can improve their employability. They can go out and leave me and go work for any place else because I've trained them. I've given them, you know, extra training internally and externally. And the paradox is they don't want to leave because we have built their career, their ability to be employable anywhere. And so we have found that to be a really a key for us as well as for our clients that we talk to them all all the time about. That is so good. And and that concept of you are tuned into their growth. I know that you are tuned into who each one of your team is. And so one of the things that we talked about in our pre-interview was that learning is a drug for some people, that that they just get connected. And, And so how have you built some of that learning in to continuing to grow and develop your team? Because you might not be the only person here. I know many coaches who are interested in building up a bench of coaches or a cadre of coaches or just have a contract that they need to bring other people in. So I'd love for you to share some of your ideas about what you've done to build this team as a team and then also to to really uh, spark their continued desire to learn. Right. Good. Thank you. We're always learning and growing. So we have, we call it our book club. We're currently going through The Skilled Facilitator by Roger Suarez, which is really kind of uh, almost a Venn diagram overlapping coaching because there's so many skills from coaching that go to the facilitation skills and back and forth. And so we debrief a chapter every other week. A team comes together and we listen and discuss and debate. We also have a session weekly where we can bring our hard cases uh, where we're struggling with without revealing confidentiality or course right. or whatever and all that, because we all have enough cases that we could never figure out. Oh, you're talking about Sally. You know, yeah, we do. Yeah. Careful that's about Sally. That. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But that they know that they can always come and bring those situations. I struggled with this. I didn't know. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a channel in our communication uh, device uh, like like Slack that we uh, that pose questions. You know, I need some help with this. Anyone got a better way how I could have handled this? So in setting all that culture up, all that milieu up, our team learns that we're all growing. And they, as they watch each other grow, it inspires them to do likewise, right? So lead, so much of leadership is modeled and, right. and performed for us. And we watch that. And it creates an environment where we are always encouraging you and encouraging you that sometimes you will fail. Once in a while, a coach will say, can I get a different coach? A coachee mm-hmm. will say, can I get a different coach? And that's perfectly normal. It's happened to you. It's happened to me. Right, right. It happens to all of us. And I normalize that with my coaches, especially my younger coaches. So I got some 24, 25-year-old coaches who are coaching 50, 60-year-old people with 30 years more of their career ahead of them mm-hmm. and doing marvelously because they stick with the coaching, not the mentoring piece. Right. That's key. They're trusting the process. And I yes. will say, I've had the honor of mentoring your group. and. Talk about eager to learn, yeah. eager to grow. I mean, just they're in. But this is for anybody who's listening, who's thinking, but how did you do that? What are some of the things that you look for when you're thinking about bringing somebody onto your team? Because sure. it obviously wasn't years of coaching. You trained them as coaches. Exactly. So there had to be some traits, some Oh, I don't know, profile that you were sort of looking for when you bring people onto your team. Yeah, we always talk about the four C's of hiring, character, competency, chemistry, and capacity. So of course, we look for people of high character and who are high skilled and competency. Then chemistry is important to us. Do they fit the team? So oftentimes the biggest entry into our team is they serve as an intern with us for a while. We bring a lot of interns in right out of their master's degree programs and so forth and organization development and organizational psychology. But I'm always looking for that capacity piece. You know, in an interview, I'll ask, what have you learned lately? Or what are you most excited about learning next? And I'm listening very carefully. Are they readers? Are they actively intentionally shaping their own growth? Can they identify, I want to grow in this, or here's the thing I need to get better at here? You'd be amazed at how many leaders of billion-dollar companies who can't answer those questions intelligently. And so I'm looking for those kinds of people on my team. And it's obviously paying off. So let's just for a second, click in on that whole concept of the young coaches that you have. And what are you as a leader learning about that generation and best ways to sort of engage with and, and help them flourish? Well, the first thing I'm learning is let them teach me things because you know they're fresher from their academic training and programs, and I'm letting them teach me wonderful things. But I'm finding there's remarkable skill in this group of people. I've got four or five that are in their mid-20s that are coaching now and one that's uh, in training now in their program. And they're fearless. They're just going right at it. They've never you know, balked when I said, well, here's a 59-year-old executive running a billion-dollar corporation. He's going to be your your coachee. They're like, okay, good. And they're just dive in. I love their preparation, right? How much they prepare for these. And they, they'll think through and they'll think through some, you know, calibrated questions that they might ask. And they'll ask for a little guidance and so forth and come to the rest of the team around those things. And it's created a kind of a, a cadre of them helping each other be better coaches. Because of course, we all know that this team, right? So mm-hmm. three or four coaches of mine, are working with a particular client team. 
So they're coming together to shape the, the group sessions, the team development sessions as well. And they're learning from each other. Oh, that was interesting the way you went about that and helping each other. And it's really producing remarkable synergy. The concept of the training is going to continue or our connection. I know that your team is not all in California with you. No. So the wonderful benefits of technology uh, that you're able to connect and and have your meetings. Also, all your clients are not necessarily, no, you, right. you do things virtually with your clients as well. But that belief that we can be vulnerable enough to ask questions, mm-hmm. we can, because then that makes it safer for everybody else to ask questions. The fact that you're open as the leader to learn right. and grow from them, what I can imagine that the synergy is just off the charts. I want to circle back around to something else that you said. Sure. Because one of the things that I am telling this audience all the time, and I'm actually even doing a a talk for coaches soon, a presentation around the fact that most successful coaches that I know switch hats. We do more than one thing with our clients. We're facilitators. We're teachers. We do programming. We do group and individual. I mean, there's these different, I really believe that to be truly uh, thriving as a coach, we've got to be able to be fluid in more than just coaching. Now, I will also say, and you know this because you've heard me say it repeatedly in mentoring, we've got to get really good with our coaching muscles. We've got to know when we're coaching and know when we're stepping away from coaching. So it's not like I'm giving anybody a, like, just go ahead and slip into advising all the time. And that's fine. I'm not saying yeah, yeah. that. But I do know that your company, you do facilitation, you do yes. training, you obviously, we've talked about the group coaching you do and the individual coaching. What would you say has been most beneficial for your company in being able to slide in and out of the different needs of your clients and provide those services? Oh, that's huge because. Clients don't know what they need at first. Invariably, they come to us with a particular, we need this. For example, one client, a manufacturing company came to us last year and said, we've got a sales manager who's not working very well for us. And we wonder if you could help him work with him. And it began with, I was just going to coach this person. And I I talked to the, the owner of the company and said, I think it's bigger than this. As you keep talking about this, maybe we should broaden the scope of this. He allowed us to do some discernment exercises with them. We call it an organization audit. And we found all kinds of things that were pertinent for them. And so in being able to assess all kinds of different issues, they don't really know what that's what they don't know. It's unconscious incompetence, really. And once we can bring that to their attention, then coaching is a key component of that, along with other components. For example, we think of leadership development as a two, three, four, one process. So our model is two parts uh, learning or training, three parts executive coaching, four parts praxis, or they're working on some practical example of leading a group or a team or a project, and one part reflection. And so we think of it as a comprehensive, multivalent process of learning and growing with many elements coming together in synergistic fashion to really make the biggest difference possible. And that's true of the organization and the team and the unit, as well as the individual. So as you were talking, Stephen, I was thinking, okay, so they go in and they do an audit and you obviously have a process to do that. Mm -hmm, And then you go back to the owner or whoever it is that your interface is with the company. 
Can you give just a little example of how you might say, okay, so here's what we saw and here's what we're recommending. Like what, what might that conversation sound like? In our organization audit process, it's basically an ethnography process. We listen very deeply through a series of four elements to what's happening in the social dynamics of that sociology of that team, that unit, the organization. And we go back to them and we use what we call positive organizational psychology. So we build on the strengths and we look at things that are aligned with their values, their mission, and their vision. Hopefully they have those. If they don't, that's an issue. And then where can we take other elements that are misaligned and realign them and tweak them back into alignment? So we do this in a very positive way with the mm-hmm. client so they they don't feel fight or flight and go, oh right. my gosh, it's so many problems. I'm out of here and this is overwhelming, right? We don't want that response. Or so you have to go, be kind of strategic about very, what you're going to bring forward. Right. The most challenging ones are the ones we find all kinds of very serious problems. We don't want them to go, well, you guys don't really know us and they either right. fight with us or just flee. It'd be very. Those are the most challenging. But when we bring this, they, usually they have this aha experience like, oh my goodness, I didn't realize. For example, this morning I was on a uh, call with a, a, a client, a very large uh, nonprofit client, and we uncovered in their organization audit that they had three distinct missions with three distinct subgroupings within the sociology of the of the whole group, and they didn't really have awareness of that and why there was subtle competition happening among those three right. groups. Why it was sort of missions. fractured instead of con- uh, cohesive. Yeah. Exactly, and so this brought this. Oh. I never thought about that before. We have the insiders, we have the outsiders, we have the activists, we have these different components, we have the, all these things happening. What was going on here? And that makes so much sense. But then we have this experience with them that like, so what do we do about that? Well, let us unveil our, our methodology. We want to work with the individuals in coaching. We want to work with the team. We want to work through each of these issues to co-create a solution with you, not to give it to you, because that never works. What we always describe is the magic of what we do. It happens at the intersection of the outsider and the insider perspective. So we're at 100,000 feet. We've worked with hundreds of hundreds of organizations, up to $40 billion in revenue, all the way to the very smallest. But they know their culture. They know their organization. And the intersection of those two perspectives is where the magic happens. You just gave me goosebumps because that's so absolutely spot on. And the other thing that I love about your approach is that you first you learn, so you're yes. you're getting information. You're not cookie cutter. Everybody no. needs the same thing, and then you're unapologetic about like this is what I think you need. This is based upon what we've learned about your organization, based upon what we know to be true about organizational psychology and and exactly. coaching and all. This is our approach, and this is what we recommend. Boom. Right. And we're going to work with you. We're going to roll up our sleeves and work with you. What distinguishes us is that a lot of consulting firms want to come in and give you a diagnostic and here's your report and thank you, pay us. We don't think that works because that doesn't really produce the change that we're looking for, which is where we went to coaching. And it's a part of the, we'll roll up our sleeves and walk with you because they'll come across the first obstacle. They'll go, now what do I do? And this is where coaching has such value. We talk them through it. We think through their options. What's your reality? What are your possibilities? Who, what, when, and why? You know, all those great coaching questions help them to go, oh, now I see the way forward. For them to uncover it for themselves, it becomes an internal locus of control, and that's much more powerful. Yet 
you are combining different skill sets to get them to that place. And I just think that that is so valuable in that you're bringing in your expertise, you're doing a needs assessment, and then sharing that and then co-creating the solution with them based upon your methodology and your framework. You're doing amazing things. And it's just uh, such a joy to even hear you talk about it. What one of the things that we're going to circle back around now to the concept of having people on your team and, and the element of training and teamwork and learning. You told me that you know that research says that that kind of thing is even better than a race sometimes. So for people who are thinking about bringing even one or two people onto your team, what would you what advice would you give them about how to engage as a, a leader that really does encourage people to want to stay and want to grow? Absolutely. You first got to believe that people want to excel, that people want to grow themselves. You you can't believe that, well, they're going to steal the pencils if I don't watch them. This is an old theory from uh, Douglas McGregor in 1960 called Theory X and Theory Y. So if I think, if I treat you like, I know, Meg, you're going to stealing the pencils. So I'm watching the pencils every day and I'm counting them every day. People behave that way. And I reinforces my assumptions. But if I believe that you want to grow and be the best and you really want to invest in yourself and your career, and I support that, then I get more performance from you rather than less because you rise to the occasion. And very rarely one in a million persons can't do that. And that's a person who doesn't fit the organization. We best help them move on, right? But for the most part, when you believe in people, which is at the heart and soul of what our company believes in, in terms of culture change and changing the world, when you believe in people, it really shows and they want to perform for you. And you want to learn to find out what's unique about you as opposed to Ted and Leticia and, you know, Juarez and find out all that uniqueness. And then you can really dive into the, all that they can bring to your clients, to your company, and even to me, myself as the leader of the company. So it's really inspiring to listen to you talk about it, to hear your passion for your work, mm-hmm. passion for your company, passion for the people that are doing this work with you. Uh, as we are running out of time in our interview today, you know, we were, were looking at how to kind of move from consultant into adding coach to that, also yes. to move from solo practitioner to having a team people working with. Anything that's bubbling up for you that you uh, want to ha- leave us with? Any final thoughts? Yeah, just. For me, the difference between deciding to be a single shingle or having a team for me was, where do I get my energy? And for me, I get my energy in growing people. And I love to have people around me. And it's I'm at the later stage of my career. I call it the sage stage, hopefully. And I get so much joy out of growing, especially these younger people on my team who are right out of their master's degree program, 24, 25 years old. And there's so much joy in that. But it also aligns with the work we're trying to do out in the world with our clients. So we're walking our own talk, for example, right? Mm-hmm. We're, what we tell our clients to do, we're doing our very selves. I have a coach, you know, just like I'm coaching 15 clients, you know, and every one of my team likewise. So we're all doing those things that we would tell other, others to do, we do ourselves. And that's crucial to be authentic as a leader. Just love that. Stephen, if people want to know more about you, we'll have links for them to connect with you in the show notes. But any particular favorite way for people to connect with you? 
Sure. Our website's at turningwest.com, just the way it sounds. And they can find us all about all about us there and learn more about our team and see who we are. We have a blog uh, post there and we have some, we're working on our second season of our podcast, which is coming up too. So Can't developing wait. organizations. Yep. Developing organizations is the name of the podcast? Yes. Right. Beautiful. Thank you for spending time with Star Coaches today. Thank you very much for having me. So there you have another amazing expert joining the Star Coach Show to share his expertise. If you want to know more about Dr. Stephen Goodwin of Turning West and the work that he does, go to starcoachshow.com slash 330, starcoachshow.com slash 330, and explore the links for Dr. Stephen Goodwin. My conversation with Stephen continues in the Star Coach membership area. If you're interested in deepening your relationship with your business, with other coaches, with breaking the isolation that sometimes happens when we are building our own business, definitely consider joining our robust community at starcoachshow.com explore the community. Next week, I'm joined by Mina Ednani. We're talking about self-leadership and the money mindset that we wrap around sometimes when we're trying to build our own business. She is dynamic. I'm super excited to introduce you to her, so be sure to come back next week. And as a final note, as we're closing out today, If you're in need of mentoring, if you want to strengthen your skill set and get some core competency hours, I have opened the dates for the last two mentor programs for 2023. And you can explore all about the program and the dates and the times for those at starcoachshow.com slash mentor, starcoachshow.com slash mentor. We're currently enrolling for the spring program. So until next week, this is Meg Rentschler wishing you the very best for your coaching success. Have a fantastic week and be sure to come back next.